Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. Are you familiar with the hazards of ototoxicants? Ototoxicants are chemicals that can cause hearing loss to individuals that are not even exposed to noise. In some cases where employees are exposed to noise, certain ototoxicants produce synergistic effects. Synergistic effects occur when the outcome of two exposures, in this case select chemicals and noise, is greater than the sum of the individual effects. For example, you would normally think if a certain exposure produces harm of level 1 and another exposure produces harm of level 1, the combined harm would be 2, 1 plus 1. However, in the case of synergistic effects, the combined harm is greater than 2. It may be 3, it may be 100 or more. For example, according to one study, when it comes to asbestos exposure, non-smokers who were exposed to asbestos were 5 times more likely to develop lung cancer. However, smokers who were exposed to asbestos were 28 times more likely to develop lung cancer. So, a person who has asbestos exposure and smokes may be more likely to develop lung cancer because of the believed synergistic effects between the two hazards. Back to ototoxins. Ototoxins increase the risk of hearing loss, potentially even permanent hearing loss. Individuals can be exposed to ototoxins through inhalation, breathing, ingestion, eating, or skin absorption. The effects of ototoxins vary based upon frequency exposure, intensity of exposure, duration of exposure, other workplace hazards, specifically noise, and individual factors such as age. There are three primary classifications of ototoxins, which are based upon the part of the ear they damage. There are neurotoxins, which damage nerve fibers, colloquial toxins, which damage the cochlea, which is the nail-shaped structure in the inner ear that contains the hair cells that make hearing possible, and then there are vestibular toxins, which damage the hair cells on the balance organs. So what chemicals are ototoxic? They are found in three primary classes of chemicals found in the workplace, solvents, heavy metals, and asphyxiants. Examples of ototoxic solvents are N-hexane, trichloroethylene, and carbon disulfide. Examples of ototoxic heavy metals are mercury, lead, and germanium. Carbon monoxide is an asphyxiant and is a known ototoxin. The solvents toluene, styrene, and xylene are believed to be synergists when combined with noise exposure. Exposures to these solvents at adequate level, combined with noise, and even below permissible exposure limits may lead to noise-induced hearing loss. As an employee or employer, you should know the hazards of the chemicals you are exposed to in the workplace. Take the time to review the safety data sheets for the chemicals you use. If a chemical is ototoxic, it should be listed as such, or it may be listed as a neurotoxin. It is important to realize that you can be exposed to ototoxins outside the workplace. There are more than 450 known prescription medications that are ototoxins including some NSAIDs, or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Several common pain relievers are NSAIDs. Certain antibiotics, chemotherapeutic agents, and topical antiseptics are known ototoxins. The first sign of potential ototoxin exposure is similar to that of noise overexposure, tinnitus, or ringing in the ears. Some individuals may also experience vertigo, while others will lose the ability to hear high-frequency sounds. The onset of symptoms varies greatly depending upon the individual and exposure. So how do you prevent hearing loss due to ototoxicants? First, use the controls your employer provides to protect yourself from overexposure to chemicals. This may include ventilation, personal protective equipment, such as chemical-resistant gloves, respirators, and aprons if handling large amounts of chemicals. With noise alone, you should wear hearing protection if you're exposed to a noise at a level greater than 85 decibels on the A-weighted scale averaged over an eight-hour day. If you're exposed to ototoxins and noise, 
you should consider wearing hearing protection even if you're not exposed to noise over the permissible exposure limit. With ototoxic exposure, the closer your noise exposure is to the 85 decibel threshold, the more important it is to wear hearing protection. If you have ototoxic chemical exposure in the workplace, it may be another reason to not let employees listen to music on headphones, as I covered in podcast number 23. If you want more information on ototoxics, you can do a Google search for NIOSH, that's N-I-O-S-H, or the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, and Ototoxic, O-T-O-T-O-X-I-C. You will find a 2018 document NIOSH published on the subject. Following this podcast, you should review the chemicals used in your workplace, determine if any are ototoxic, and ensure employees are taking adequate safety precautions. If employees are exposed to ototoxicants as well as noise, take the time to evaluate your hearing protection practices as well. Remember, what you do for safety today may save a life or someone's hearing tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, please make time each day to create a safer workplace.